Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Hey everyone, welcome back. This video has been a long time coming and I finally gotten around to narrate it. If you happen to have your own Discord story, definitely send it my way at southerncannibal.com or any other scary story you might have, since I'm now uploading every day. These stories are pretty dark and intense. The third story actually mentions murder, and there's going to be proof all throughout the video and in the description. There's also grooming in the first story, so if you want to avoid stories like that, here's your chance to leave. But if you're all ready, let's begin. And remember, to always... Stay hungry. So let's start off with I'm a 19 year old girl and my name is Amber. I'm living in a dorm at the current college that I'm at. But this doesn't have to do with what happened to me at college. This all started when I was 16 at the time. I was really into gaming and discord at the time. Yeah, go figure. But I wasn't one into mainstream games. I always seemed to hunt for horror games that were considered either indie or never heard of. To me, those were the best kind of games. Just to see a game in process and how the story would slowly come along was so amazing to watch from time to time. That is, until I found this one fandom. Now, I also had a deviant art account mostly just to find some good fan art to some amazing artist until I met one. Her name was Melissa. She had an account on DeviantArt, along with one Patreon and Discord. At first, when I had seen some of her work, it was pretty good, and definitely different. More dark, you could say, and it really went into themes that not many would put their foot into, such as mental disorders, suicide, gore, and major horror themes. I will admit, I'm a horror junkie, and I still am to this day. But when I met Alyssa in the fandom she created, it made me more wary of what I choose to like or even follow. Melissa at first seemed like your typical artist who was just trying to get her ideas off the ground. She had this idea of a Yandere boyfriend horror erotic game. Yeah, I know it sounds out there, but the story itself was actually really good, and she put in so much detail and effort that I wasn't really paying too much attention of what was going on behind the scenes of her making this game of hers. Now, I wasn't the only one that was becoming a fan of this game. There were many others besides me. Melissa even made a Discord group that was fully dedicated to this game. But the thing was, you had to be 18 plus or older to even be in it. This wasn't a hard thing to get around. Come on, this is child's play. So I just made an account with a fake birth date, and I paid a fee on her Patreon to get in. Next thing you know, I got an invite just like everyone else. I felt as if I was so clever, but boy was I wrong. But again, I was 16, and I just wanted to be a part of a fandom and make new friends that like the same things that I do. I did make a few friends on there, 
but I lied to them for a while, saying that I was 20 years old so that they wouldn't kick me out. I mean, I was just having too much fun. Oddly enough, I did get to meet Melissa herself, and she seemed to be rather talkative with her fans, which at the time I thought was really nice, since she seemed to listen to them, even ask for opinions as she worked on the game. As you can probably imagine, she did have at least five other people helping her with this game, along with having three voice actors that helped with the game also. So yeah, there was a lot of people to meet and listen to. What I didn't understand was that they were just really into some not exactly legal things. Anyways, it all started when I logged into Discord, and I saw that Melissa and two of her game designers were on voice chat. Excited to take the chance to even talk to her or the two, I quickly got into the channel and I listened to them talk for a bit until I decided to ask a few simple questions, such as, why did you want to make this game? To, how did you come up with the character designs? She was really polite and she answered them until I heard her giggle and ask my name. Of course, I only gave her my username and she replied back to me with, you know, you sound so cute and so young. It was almost as if she was excited by the thought of that. The thought of me being young. I just brushed it off and said thank you, making it up that I get that a lot. After a while, she logged off for the night, while many others stayed on, swarming my DMs and asking what it was like for me to talk to her. Now, I had never gotten this much attention in my life, so I was pretty much basking in the attention. I know it wasn't exactly the right thing to do, but I was a loner, and I didn't have many friends in IRL. The attention that I thought I was getting was the most amazing thing ever, when I should have seen the small red flags as this went on. The next day when I got back from school, I quickly got onto Discord, only to see that I had gotten a private DM from Melissa. I was just in shock and joy, thinking, Oh my god, the creator of my favorite game wants to talk to me. So I quickly read the message. She seemed to be asking if I'd like to talk to her some more, as well as some of her other close friends, and that I seemed pretty chill, and that some of the input I gave her on the game had really caught her attention. I messaged her back saying that I would love to, and after a few minutes... I had gotten a message with a link to a private voice chat. Once I got on the call, she was in there with about three other people. I knew that one of them was one of the voice actors, and the other two were her programmers. Everything seemed really fine at first, but we were all just having some casual conversation until Melissa asked me if I was really 20 years old. I was panicked a bit. Did she know? I tried to lie my way out, saying that I just sound really young, to where I then make a joke at myself that many make fun of me for my childish voice. She then took me to a private call where it was just me and her, and she asked me again, Are you sure you're really 20? Because to me, you talk and act like a teenager at best. I was sweating at this point. I didn't really want to get kicked out since I was meeting so many people, and I was really enjoying the game, even though it was just a beta run. I slowly cracked and I told her my real age and I then asked her to please don't ban me. I just really wanted to make friends and that I really enjoyed her work in the game. She was very quiet for a moment until she then finally spoke. 
Well, since you're a fan, I suppose I can let this slide. But this stays between us, okay? And maybe we could even talk a little more to get to know each other and become close friends. I let out a sigh of relief. Okay, that didn't seem too bad. So I agreed. I honestly really wished I had just gotten kicked out or banned. So after that day, I had started to talk to Melissa more and more. Every day we would message or talk to each other. It seemed pretty harmless enough until I noticed that her birth date said that she was actually 35 at the time she was talking to me. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm okay with talking with adults, but knowing that she was talking with me, a 16-year-old, was a bit off to me. She didn't say anything too outrageous, mostly just how I was doing, how school, to even asking me if I've seen what she's posted up. But it started to get more weird when she would also comment on how cute I sounded. Then it would get to where she would ask if I was dating anyone, to slowly that of, have you ever thought of dating girls? Again, I'm a bit of a loner, but I was open-minded. These questions were making me a bit nervous, so I would try to change the subject to even divert them the best I could. But somehow, she would always go back to them until I slowly answered. I wasn't against going out with a girl, and I eventually found out that I'm bisexual. But during this time, I was pretty much still trying to figure myself out, and I was a bit put off by her asking me all these questions. I even tried to tell her that I wasn't comfortable with such personal questions. Melissa acted though as if it was fine, so she went back to her happy-go-lucky tone and face as I called it, until once again, she started chipping away at me once more. It was honestly becoming mentally exhausting that it made me scared of how much she wanted to know about me. That scared feeling went through the roof when I got a message from her then asking, Hey, I see that you don't live too far away from me. I'm actually going to be heading to a convention, and I remember how you said you went to it last year. Do you want to meet up? Now, I never once told her where I lived. I didn't even know she lived in the same state as me. It took me a moment to gather my thoughts as I slowly tied back to her, then asking how she even knew where I lived or knew that we were in the same state. She timed back, quickly saying that one of my friends on there who I thought I could trust told her what state I lived in along with the county area. My stomach seemed to drop so low that I honestly could have shit it out. Melissa began to state that she could buy me tickets to the convention and even pay for a hotel room that would be right next to hers also, we could hang out together and get word out for a game that she's wanting to get more people to join. At first, I didn't say anything. I was just an awestruck. But not only that, I was feeling more and more uncomfortable with this whole thing. It had started to become a get-out-of-dodge situation when I found out that Melissa is married as well. Yes, this creator who's talking to a minor is also married. I even decided to confront her about this saying, so does your husband even know about me? Only for her to respond with, of course he does. He would love to get to meet you as well and also get to know you more. That was the last straw. After that last message, I left the group, the fandom, and I made sure to block her and her click group. At first, I had gotten some messages from the few small friends I made on there asking why I left and if everything was okay. 
I didn't answer back though. I didn't want to answer back at all. I eventually made a choice to stay off Discord, Twitter, and DeviantArt for a long while in order to give myself a break, thinking that maybe if I leave it alone, things would calm down and just be fine. I left for at least a week, only to come back with so many messages from concerned friends. Apparently, I wasn't the only one that Melissa had preyed on. Apparently, her and her husband have been known by a few to have groomed young teenagers, and they even had an open relationship with one when Melissa was 25 and her husband was 27. Of course, when they nearly got caught, they covered it up so quickly and cut ties with the said underage person. From what I can understand, they were 17 at the time, but that's still really fucked up. So please, if you ever happen to get into a fandom, or if something really seems too good to be true, yeah, well, it normally is, and those people will take advantage of you for their own gain. So please, be careful online and on Discord. I want to preface this by saying that I'm fairly small for guys my age. I'm 15 and a guy, but I pass off as androgynous, and I'm 4 foot 11, and I'm pretty much done with my growing. I recently joined a server based around cosplay on Discord, and it's full of mostly minors. I became a mod in the server within a few weeks, and I came to know that the owner is pretty strange. For example, she's never online, and sometimes she appears online to bark something at me in my direct messages that make no sense, such as, be sure to feed the fish. Despite us knowing virtually nothing on each other outside of Discord, I mean, aside from the owner knowing my first name after my mother called me while we were on a call. Above all, she ultimately doesn't allow me to do anything as a mod. I'm told not to ban, kick, delete messages, or basically anything. It honestly feels like I'm a member with a different colored role. I have the permissions to kick and mute members, but I'm told not to use them. Anyways, the owner is besides the point. Recently, someone who introduced themselves as Skink joined the server, and they introduced themselves as a 23-year-old male who deadass described himself as childlike and bubbly. On its own, there's nothing too wrong with this, as we had a few members outside of our 13-17 to 17 demographic, and we did have a few other strange members. So I put him in the verification queue for the owner to verify him the next time she was on. The owner who I'll call Crystal for the story was online in about a day or two and verified Skink, who was the only person who waited the period without verification, as everyone else who wasn't verified immediately left or still hadn't made an intro. I had recently finished a cosplay for a video game, and as most of my cosplays, I had gone out of my way to make sure my face was hidden. I decided to take a picture of it, as I was actually really proud of my work, and I posted it to the server. The few people who had seen it had just reacted with a few emojis, or one or two nices or cools from other users. When Skink entered the conversation, he immediately began to say how pretty I was, and it felt like he was hitting on me, trying to get me to send him a picture with my face fully visible. I told him that I was a minor and a guy, in an effort to try and get him to stop, and he began to say that, With a body like that, you can't be a guy. 
I began to freak out here, as Skin clearly had some form of attraction to me, despite having just met me, and above all, despite me stating that I was a minor. We got into a full-on argument about who I am, before something happened that's making me question if I really want to be on Discord anymore at all. As fake as it sounds, I got a DM from Skink that I had to force myself to read. He addressed me by my first real name in my DM before telling me that, Pretty girls like you have no reason to lie about who you are. I can give you whatever you want if you give me your address. And I immediately blocked him before then closing my DMs entirely on Discord, except in my friend list. I had messaged Crystal in the moderator chat room, but when she didn't respond, I decided to fully kick Skink out. He hasn't been back to the server since, and Crystal hasn't been online since either. This happened on a Thursday, and as I retell this story, rereading those messages from Skink, I've decided that the next time I'm on Discord... I'm going to block Crystal and leave her server. Skink, if by some off chance you see this, may you rot in hell. And Crystal, fuck you, as I know you had something to do with it. This very much is a you-never-know story, with a news article for proof and an actual video of when I got the call that I had to speak with detectives. You never really know how close you may be standing to someone about to break. I've been told many times in the past few months just how lucky I was not to be the one there when the inevitable happened, and how lucky I was that I trusted my intuition. In 2019, my husband walked out on me, and my life began a sudden shift. Along with moving, I had to reconsider my career, as my current line of work wouldn't be able to travel with me to my new home. I ended up signing at a local trade school specializing in massage therapy. If I learned anything during my time there, massage therapists are a unique and crazy bunch, but usually not in a bad way. At least, they weren't until I met him. In the school, each small class came and went in seasons. I joined during a winter class, and he came in closer to spring in another group. We weren't classmates. He did stand out, though. He had a shaved head, and he always wore his sunglasses, supposedly due to some issues with his eyes. You'll understand why I say supposedly later in the story. In our school, we have to do something called student clinic. Basically, outsiders would come in for cheap massages once a week and give feedback on the students to help them improve. Before starting, we were going to do a mock clinic, using the newer group of students as practice bodies. Looking back, I'm not surprised I was paired with him. I just have that sort of luck in life and who I draw into my bubble. His name was Andrew. He seemed friendly enough, and like me, enjoyed casually talking during a massage. He was very interested in everything about me, from the fact that I was a gamer to everything about my massage. Over the course of the hour, he told me all about his health issues, which were immense. I can't even remember what all he said he had, but it was quite the list. Porphyria was one of them, synesthesia, PVNH. I think my first mistake was sharing with him my own health issues, 
as I think he saw us similar, and that drew him to me. With the massage over, I thought that'd be it, though he did say he'd try to add me on Facebook. That wasn't a big deal to me, though. A lot of students were on my Facebook for easy contact if we needed to share notes or ask questions. From there, though, he asked if I could add him on Discord. I mean, sure, why not? That was probably my second mistake. At first, it was normal. We just chatted casually. At school, however, he never really spoke to me, even when standing beside me outside waiting for the doors to open. I began to get an inkling that he had a crush on me, which my two female friends from his class confirmed. They would smoke with him on break. They told me that he was always talking about me, hoping it to end before it got worse and to stop him from trying to ask me out. I informed him in casual conversation over Discord that I had a crush on someone who we both knew, and he seemed to support it. Great. Though, from time to time, he'd still mention that he was in love with me, but I would tell him that he didn't know me well enough to be in love with me, and in my opinion, he really didn't. He had created an image of me in his head through our conversations, but he didn't know me in person. Then it got weirder. He'd bring up his health issues constantly unprompted, sending links and videos. He'd even sent photos of vomit in the toilet. He'd send images of him giving himself injections, etc. He'd bring up politics and how he could ruin them. The politicians, that is. At one point, I told him that I was just way too busy in school and getting my life in order to also have to carry on the weight of his many issues, and that I would be stepping back when he went on with his rants. He understood, but it didn't stop. He began asking if I wanted to move in with him. I had never even talked to the guy in person since the massage where we met, yet he would repeatedly tell me I could come move in with him and that my dog could come too. Obviously, I would decline each time. One of my female friends hung out with him once because she was stuck in the city, but she said she'd never do it again because he was way too strange. All the more reason for me to stay behind my computer screen when in conversation with him. At some point, he began to rant and rave about some girls in his class that he didn't like and the people in his life, and how they would point out how dangerous he was. Whenever he did this, he'd come back around and say, but you know I would never hurt you, right? And he would say this often. He reassured me that he didn't want to cause me any harm in any sort of way. Big red flags were going off at this point. I began to draw back from the chat, but he would still message me, often little things and normal things. But every so often, I'd come back to a full mess of incoherent babble about his health, politics, and his hatred for his parents. As I looked through the old messages to try and find one to share, my chest has began to hurt. Here's one of the random long rants he sent. It's a copy and paste, so ignore the many errors. Please take care of yourself however you have to. My family came to make amends, and my mom about killed me from fright by knocking on my window at 12.30 after I was already scared to death after asking them to please leave an hour before, and I had been up for almost 80 hours straight, and they came over. They didn't listen. My dad was actually sick, so they shouldn't have come anyway, 
but they were supposed to be apologizing and really helping me because I had argued for my mom for almost 30 straight hours because she wouldn't listen about Matt and Kyle. And that argument messed me over for days after only six minutes. Driving one night with no sleep is worse than four drinks. I was literally beyond paranoid with dopamine skyrocketed by all the stress and fucking crazy emotional ups and downs. I have never felt anywhere near that level ever. I don't want to die, but I know it was a good possibility because of the weird health shit we didn't even understand. It was total surprise and complete immobility, other than screaming in a way I won't ever forget. I'm really lucky I didn't get the cops called on me. 12.19am I was in true fucking terror for the first time in my life and completely helpless. It's a good thing it wasn't really anyone because they would have just cut me down. Deer in the headlights fucking screaming and then froze because I was shrieking in terror at the top of my lungs for almost five minutes. The apartment is solid but holy fuck. I finally know what it feels like to be completely defenseless, unable to move or react. I'm not fucking afraid of anything, but under certain circumstances, nobody's invincible. It's different when it's real. I mean, movies are close, but you literally have to get someone delirious to scream like I was screaming. Then I just went into actual shock and panic. I've always basically hated my life and wanted to die because I was so different and not balanced without drinking too much. Now I get a little balanced, and my mom came closer to killing me than fucking dangerous tech billionaires, oligarchs, and pedophile rings. This all probably sounds crazy. We've talked some, and sometimes it settles. Maybe I can explain it all to you if you would care to hear it. Honestly, it's so fucking cool I started the day of the Parkland shooting. I'm the weird cross of Daredevil slash Hunter Thompson slash Richard Feinstein. It's so weird to me, it still seems so fake to me. I'm going to start trying to write it up because I've had a weird life. It sounds fake to me, and I was there. It's no wonder everyone thinks I'm goofy or full of shit. But now I want nothing more than for you to be happy. I never told you my kryptonite. PVNH has heart issues, and there are so few men with this honestly, and there's not enough research to know for sure but everyone usually ends up dying from the constant seizures. But the main issue I've had is the heart stuff. It literally will kill me if I get too scared or angry. I'm pretty chill, but I almost died yesterday. And I'm so tired of people trying to help me accidentally almost killing me. Please do whatever you need to keep you safe and for you to get through this school and succeed. Everyone thinks I'm protecting them, when I'm really the one putting all these cool people at risk. All I want is basically to keep people safe, especially you. So if I have to stay clear of you for your own safety and well-being, that's really all I want. If anything serious happens, I'll honestly just leave the school. It's really that dangerous for me, and I'm not risking anyone here. And that's part of why I'm so high-strung. I turned myself into a weapon because I didn't care about my life, and it worked. But now... I just can't watch anyone else I care about get hurt. It's really why I fucking did all this anyway. Payback for running literally every part of our country and culture and every relationship I've ever had until recently. I'm not feeling any real threats like that at the moment at all. But if me being anywhere close to you hurts you or puts you in danger, even if it means staying clear of you completely, I'm fucking rolling. 
I've learned enough. You're hands down the coolest person I've ever met. Just keep surviving whatever way works best for you. I'd never forgive myself if I threw off what you have going on right now. I don't even expect a response. You need to take care of you. I was almost killed for the first time last night by people with the best intentions. But we're blind to see that even though they love me, they fucking hurt me when they're too close to me. You need to do right by yourself. Thanks for helping the class so much. I'll do anything for you, but I don't want to hurt anyone else accidentally. I'm not leaving, but I'm staying past my expiration date if it's going to hurt all these cool people. For sure, not you. Just do right by you, and I'll do whatever I need to. Study well. Now back to me. I got a lot of messages like these. In response, I would try and calm him down the best as I could by telling him to chill and attempting to bring up some other topics. It usually worked. One day in class, I saw my teacher of the day on the phone, and he suddenly rushed out and someone else from the school then took over. When he came back, all he said was that a student really needed his help. I confirmed it was Andrew after class. Let's just say some really serious shit went down. Police were involved. I don't really have the full story of what happened, but of the bits and pieces I have, I believe that his parents wanted to take him to the hospital. He ran. The police were called. He then fought them, and he states that the cops beat him up pretty good, and then he was forced into a psych ward for a few days. There he was diagnosed with, from what I know, a few things. Bipolar, schizophrenia, and to wrap up an earlier point, Munchausen Syndrome. For those of you who don't know, Munchausen Syndrome is a factitious disorder, a mental disorder in which a person repeatedly and deliberately acts as if they have a physical or mental illness when they're not really sick. Munchausen Syndrome is considered a mental illness because it's associated with severe emotional difficulties. I had seen signs of this prior. For instance, when I mentioned I have PTSD, he suddenly began mentioning how he had it too, but never had mentioned it prior in any of our conversations, and when he did bring it up, his symptoms weren't symptoms of PTSD. It was as if he was trying to have a disorder he didn't really know enough about yet to pretend to have. After his hospitalization, he was removed from the school, and I spoke with the then school director about some of the things he would say on our Discord. She told me that if I needed help stopping contact from him, they would assist. But I told her that I was going to keep the communication open. I wanted to be able to warn the school if I had any inkling at all that he was going to do something that could hurt someone else, as some had fears that he might show up to harm students that he didn't like. With medication, he actually got better, enough so that after I was already graduated, he was allowed back into the school to start over. When I made a welcome to massage school cake for the new students, I didn't realize he was there. He didn't say anything, just smiled at me. I said hello to the students, and then took my leave. We didn't speak as much after that. I was busy trying to start a business, and he was busy with school. He messaged me from time to time, but I never engaged much. Then one day, I woke up to a massive love note on Discord, but I didn't respond to it. I knew better. Though weird... He was still talking sane enough that I didn't worry. I would just let him get his feelings off his chest and move on with my own life, 
as he made note he knew I was into someone else. Then COVID happened. The school began doing classes over Zoom from home, and he began to message me more and more, and I could see him changing. Through conversation, he confirmed he was not on his medication anymore. He was trying to adjust his diet so that he wouldn't need to take his medication anymore. Moving forward, I'd sort of engage, just enough to keep tabs on him, but I ignored most of his messages. On May 31st, 2020, he sent his final message to me. Thanks for saving me. We won. I saw it, but I chose not to respond. I'll admit, I may always regret that decision. Days later, one of the female friends who used to smoke with him had sent me a news article, which then detailed how Andrew stabbed his parents to death the very next day. There's an article in the description for anyone who wants to follow up on the story. When his mother got out of the shower, she found him stabbing his father and tried to intervene, only to get stabbed herself. He left the scene, and she managed to call 911 and then inform them of what happened. When the police arrived, he was there, and he admitted he did it, almost proud about it. When asked if he did it, he stated, Yes, I stabbed them. I did all of this. In his delusional state, he thought that his parents who were supporting him financially in a different state where they lived in were trying to kill him and had been poisoning him. Both of his parents died at the hospital. I remember just breaking down and crying when I found out. I was so horrified and upset. Part of me wondered if I could have talked him down or could have known about his plan if I had responded to him the night before. I know it's not my fault and there's nothing I could have done, but even now, there's this nagging feeling of what ifs. He contacted a few other people than me and they try to compare the fact that we all got these messages, but there was a large difference between them and me. He loved me and I had talked him down before. He would tell me things that he wouldn't tell others. Thus, there was a chance that things could have turned out differently had I chosen to respond to him that night. For me, that should have been the end of it. I really wanted that to be the end of it. I'm not that lucky of a person. While streaming Pokemon on Twitch, I had gotten a phone call from my old teacher. Detectives were looking for me, to the point they even went to the school to request my information. My teacher refused and thus called me to give me their info so that if I wanted to be part of it, I could call them. The next part of this story is me including the video that she provided. After I was done recording, I spoke with detectives, and I learned that when they were searching his apartment, they found a journal that mentioned my name numerous times, and when talking to fellow students, he constantly brought me up. A bunch of people I've never met were aware of who I was, and actually brought me up to the detective because he talked about me so much. Some girl he only really met and spoke with once in person, and who barely even talked with him online anymore. They wanted my entire Discord history with him. Thousands of messages, rants, etc. So I downloaded all of it, and I took it with me when I finally went in for my interview the next day. I was there for an hour, learning what I mentioned above and telling them everything he'd say to me. Thankfully, because of the Discord messages, I didn't need to be there as long as some of the others because most of their answers could be found there, written by Andrew himself. When the officer walked me out, 
He complimented me to the person who had driven with me as support, saying that he rarely meets someone who has the foresight to both keep tabs on someone that they think is a danger to others, while also keeping themselves at a safe distance. I'll admit, hearing that gave me a small sense of pride. That's where the story ends. There was no doubt that he was going to be convicted, as the detective said. They just didn't know in what way. Insanity, etc. Of course, now I'm left with questions. What would have happened had I not trusted my instincts to stay at a distance? Would his obsessions with me and his delusional states had led to my death instead? Will he realize the damage he's done once they medicate him while in prison? Sometimes I see the faded out name on my Discord, and I want to just write him and ask, What the fuck were you doing? It wasn't. I know he wasn't mentally sound at the time of the murder. When discussing it with someone from the school, he asked me if I would ever go visit him because he was interested in talking to him. No. The man was obsessed with me. He wasn't in love. He was obsessed. I had only ever truly spoken to him once in person, the day we met, and yet he felt he was in love with me. My going to see him would not do anyone any good. Not him, and definitely not me. The story isn't like usual. It's not a story about being stalked, chased, or attacked. It's a story of how close you can be to someone who will one day end the lives of others without ever realizing it. Even though in my case, I knew something would one day happen. I kept open communication in hopes that I could see the signs and stop it before it all came crashing down. I failed. Even if there truly was nothing I could do. Trust your instincts. If someone or something feels off to you, if you feel uncomfortable, even if it's only through text, trust your intuition. Don't try to be nice just to make someone else happy. Protect yourself. I still really wish I could turn back time to that night when he sent his last message to me. I wish I could go back and respond, hoping somehow it would change the fate that befell his parents. But I can't. So instead, it'll just be a thought that I have to live with for the rest of my life. Alright everyone, so quick pause from the story. After I got done narrating the story, I decided to reach out to the woman who sent in this story, letting her know that I'd finally gotten around to narrating it. And she ended up giving me some additional info that actually happened after the story. Here's what she told me. I got a text from someone looking to hire me as massage therapist some months after submitting my story. He said someone had sent him my way, but wouldn't say who when asked. He just said it was a surprise. Since I was fully mobile at the time, I googled the guy on a hunch for my own safety, and I found out he'd been in prison recently. I told him that I won't judge him for his past, but him not telling me who sent him was a red flag, and I needed him to tell me. Well, it was Andrew Brown. They met in prison and did Bible study together. Andrew told him to hire me because my massage was so good and wanted him to give me a letter. After explaining the real situation to the man about my relationship with Andrew, he apologized profusely and he understood that I couldn't work with him due to a violation of ethics. He told me about the letter and he said he'd just keep it since it was mostly Bible verses. He also agreed to not tell Andrew that he talked to me. Whether he kept his word, I don't know. So yeah, even in prison, he's trying to reach out to me years later through someone else that he met in prison. 